Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. have a chance to try to extend our season record to 12 games uh, and that's important for us and that's the only thing that's really pretty much on uh, my mind and I think that speaks to the masses when I say that. You know, the defense is playing great, the special teams are getting great field position, you know, the offense is, is, is winning, uh, the point of attack, uh, we find ways to win. can't get to there until you take care of what's next. I want to be number one. I Do you think you are the best? Right now, at the time in life and where I'm playing at, yes. Oh, yeah, Carolina Panther fans, we the best. We prevail over the Bucks in an exciting and heart-palpitating way. We're here to break it all down on the C3 Bucks at Panthers post-game show. My name is Tony Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can be a part of the show by calling in the cat calls line, the number 252-228-5098. And we're going to break down this win, this somewhat impressive win in a way and somewhat scary win in another way, 42-28. to I'm here with Cody Lashney to do it. How are you, Cody? Tony Dunn, come rain, slit, or snow. I'm better after a Panthers W, baby. I'm ready to talk Panthers football. A lot to like, a lot to hate. Let's do it, man. Once again, the number to have your voice heard on the most interactive Panthers podcast is 252-228. 5098, and we'll get your call played on the C3 Panthers post-game show. Uh, you know, we come out like gangs, gangbusters scoring five consecutive touchdowns, I feel like, doing whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. The Norv Turner offense and all the, the bells and whistles and uh, excitement 
that everybody has wanted all season long was there in full effect. It looked like nothing. I mean, it was, I wrote on my notes, Cody, uh, and y'all mugs want Andy Reed as your, <laughs> as your coach. No way. I mean, he is Norv was pulling out some awesome stuff. I mean, from to the point where we had McCaffrey and CJ in the backfield and then split them out and went no backs. I mean, they did everything at will, but then they go into the half. They let the the Buccaneers score a late second quarter touchdown to pull in. I think it was 20, 35, 28 at that point. I mean, uh, 35, 14. And boy, we just couldn't do anything on offense to extend a drive. Everything went wrong. The defense just missed some opportunities. And all of a sudden, the Buccaneers are within a score. Right? Cody, you know that Panther Nation was flipping out at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen it so many times, and it's so infuriating. And it's like we forgot everything that we did uh, just last Sunday against the Ravens. We played our first football game where we dominated all four quarters, and then it's like we just went right back to old habits. I mean, you know what they say, old habits die hard. Uh, I mean, the, the defense, the our goal line defense leaves a lot to be desired, man. And it just seems like whenever they're in, you know, 10 yards of the end zone, I mean, that's their opportunity to feast. And I don't, I don't know what that is. I, I mean, I think they need to pinpoint that in practice. It's a real weakness in our team right now when it's normally one of the strong points of our team. Um, other than that, yeah, man, this offense is powerful. It's potent. The word that comes to mind is misdirection. When you have DJ Moore, when you have Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, you have these dynamic offensive weapons, and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know where they're going. Our offense is powerful, but our defense needs to step it up. I'm playing the Curtis Samuel touchdown right now to highlight this misdirection. Uh, Other than Curtis Samuel also traversing 103 yards to go, 30 yards it was a pretty awesome play but like you said Cody is that this is where that offense was so deadly in the first half you had no idea where the ball could or would wind up at at that moment you had in a sense uh, like you said all of this misdirection that was going on I, I think even Rondé Barber mentioned he said hey the eye discipline is impossible when you're doing things like this, they were motioning every which way you could possibly motion and then going the other way. I think this is just a taste of what we can do and what we can be offensively. You saw DJ Moore play well in the first half. You saw Curtis Samuel uh, make some exciting plays. So this offense, I don't think there's much holding it back, Cody, uh, at this point. Even Devin Funches is playing in what I think is the best we've ever seen him play and arguably playing to main, stay on this roster for the long term. Yeah, no doubt. I, I've said before, Devin Funches, uh, I think right now on this team right now, even though he might have more talented players, he's the number one wide receiver. Um, you know, on that first goal line stand, Cam Newton threw uh, the out route to Devin Funches when they had Jarius Wright open in the back of the end zone. And that kind of shows you that on plays like that, Cam Newton trusts Devin Funches to be able to zip it in there 
and put points on the board. Uh, what I will say, though, is, okay, Curtis Samuel had two touchdowns today, and yet I still feel like we're underutilizing him. I think the guy creates a lot of separation. Um, I want to see more of him on the field, and I'm hoping that that's something that will continue to happen. As of right now, though, I, I am happy. This is a very powerful offense. Uh, dare I say, maybe even more powerful uh, than our 2015 season, minus the powerful deep threat that Ted was. Certainly more talented, right? Certainly more yeah. talented at this point. Now, uh, Curtis Samuel was in there a, a good bunch. I'm going to go, we'll pay attention to the snap counts that will be um, released tomorrow and uh, see how much they were integrating him into the show. But you said two, like you said, two touchdowns. He also dropped a big third and 15 pass or a, th- a third down pass with one earlier in the game that he yeah. ran a beautiful route. Uh, and, I mean, it was right there. Cam delivered the ball, just just a missed opportunity, and that's okay. I mean, those plays happen. It was nice to see him come back strong afterwards. Um, now, we're going to go We're gonna go ahead and jump into the calls, Cody, and let them kind of guide the show. We do have a lot to talk about, whether it be, like someone mentioned in the chat room, the burning of three timeouts or early in the second half. What kind of disaster of of management this was, and I think that you could see that that was it was so bad all around that it doesn't fall on any one person. So Cam's going to have to take some of that blame. The coaching staff's going to have to take some of that blame. Uh, so we'll talk about how much that affected the game, and then a lot of people want to talk about the coaching of the defense. Eric Washington under fire again. I think it's unwarranted, but we'll get into all that in just a moment. You can have your voice heard on the C three. Panthers post-game show. The number is 252-228-5098. Right before we get in the calls, why don't you turn your phone portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button, give us a like, continue to comment, continue to share the show. We're growing each and every day. Each and every week, we get more and more viewers. Panther Nation, the C3 family getting strong together. All right, let's go to your calls right now. What's going on, guys? This is your boy, the Black Cat, Brandon Herbert, and... This has been a really, really good game. What's up, Brandon? I know it's going to go unnoticed, and I know it sounds like nitpicking, but clock management was horrible this game. But it just got it overpowered was. and overshined by how well the team the teams played today, which is a good thing. If you can still make those mistakes and everything like that and still dominate the way that we did. Now, the defense did let up a little bit in the third quarter, but – as you can see, like Dante Jackson, like like you've been saying, Cody, he's a dog. He's a beast. He's um, the man. And I'll give props to Dave Bradbury. Still not a big fan of his. I Played don't great know what he is. Like, yeah, one good game. Yeah. But he he uh, really did a good job matching up with Mike Evans, probably because Mike Evans is a lot more physical receiver. And James Bradbury, out of all the stuff I talk about, he's a very physical type corner. So it worked and it played well to his favor and everything like that. Cam Newton played great. He played out of his mind today. He had a couple of missed throws, but like you said, every quarterback has those. But I still wish that they were to involve DJ Moore a little bit more in the offense. But, you know, uh, that's it. Like I said, this is nitpicking today because 35 points in the first quarter was amazing. Wish we did not take our foot off the gas 
in the third and some of the fourth yeah, quarter. Man. That's why we allowed them to come back. But other than that, great game, guys. Love seeing Cam smiling and having a great time like that. That's when you know the other team is in trouble. <laughs> anyway, guys, let me know what you think. Love you guys. Keep up the good work and keep pounding. Um, what I would say is this, is you want to see what uh, Cam Newton is smiling, is you can check him out just showboating right into the end zone here. Uh, I'm going to play the clip one more time, hopefully, if I can get it work. Uh, Cam Newton, this is in the second quarter where they're about to just go up 35-7, to I think, and Cam walks and strolls. Took a lot of flack on the internet about, you know, how disrespectful that is. I would like to remind everybody that he was just practicing clock management there, trying to run the <laughs> clock down, draw this thing out. You know, there was a lot of, like I I think that is, we see we saw it with the timeouts being a clock problem. Uh, I think another thing we saw is on that last touchdown drive, other than all the penalties we had that was uncalled for, some of them I don't think were warranted at all. But Greg Olson makes a huge catch in that drive. And I felt like I wish I would he would have just fought to stay in bounds. Instead, he goes out of bounds. He lets the tackler push him out of bounds. I thought that could have helped some small things like that to, to shave off some extra seconds. But, man, when you look at that timeout catastrophe, Cody, what was going on? I don't know, man. This is the worst that it's ever been. And we've, you know, we've talked about it before how bad the time management under Ron Rivera is. We wasted all of our second half timeouts in one drive. <laughs> what is that, dude? That is terrible. Listen, especially when you're playing a division rival, okay? These games count for two. And we're in the second half against a high powered offense. They're better with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I, I don't know what happens. You know, the, the commentators talk about how uh, our play clock is up higher, so it's harder for Cam Newton to see it sometimes, where normally it's uh, right eye level with the quarterback. But then you also have to wonder, why are the plays coming in so slow? And I think it's some, Cody, I think some of it, too, is us seem to be a la little lazy in and out of the huddle. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a lot of those things. But the fact that it's a reoccurring issue, I just don't know why that happens. I mean, it seems like it happens every home game. We're good for one or two misused timeouts, and it's just so annoying, man. When it comes down to the wire, you have to have those. And I just don't know what that is, man. But um, one, one thing I would like to say uh, about uh, to my man Brandon James Bradbury balled out today, man. Now, this is not Dante, who we're definitely going to talk about, but I think you'll uh, agree with me, Tony, that um, Bradbury played physical today, man. Their number one option in Mike Evans was a non-issue pretty much the whole day, and James Bradbury was on him, I feel, the whole time. You know, I, f I feel like James Bradbury is that people have been a little hard on him. Uh, now he's had some moments where he's just had some growing pains and he was yeah. put, put a lot of pressure as rookie season, uh, kind of played, you know, plateaued his second season. And then last year, uh, I think it was last year would be in his, or is this year his third or fourth? 
for uh, this would be his third year for Bradbury. Okay, so you're looking for him to be a lot sharper at this point in his career. Or, you know, that's where I think a lot of the criticism has come at in this point, and that he hasn't necessarily been a ball hawk. But I think he's been tasked. If you think about who he's had to face this season so far, Dante Jackson, Alsh, I mean, not Dante Jackson, um, Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think I don't know how much he was up against him, but he hasn't had uh, cupcake receivers to go against. He played very well, and I think this is that while Dante Jackson has established himself as just a dynamic player that can really impact the game in both uh, the blitz and coverage and turnovers and tackling, all of the all of these tools he has is that it's taking a little pressure off of Bradbury. And number two is that you need to Bradbury's a nice compliment to Dante Jackson's style. But so that yes. you can put him up against a Mike Evans. And I feel like if there was any criticism or one of the main criticism against kind of the Gettleman era of drafting is he was a little too monolithic in the play t- player type that he liked. And so it's nice to have a guy that has speed and uh, athleticism and then another guy on the other side that can play physical so you can deal with what these teams are throwing at you. Yeah, and, you know, I feel today was the perfect type of uh, personnel grouping that we want uh, for our defensive backs. When you have this big body jump ball receivers like a Mike Evans, that's who James Bradbury is meant to go up against. And yet when you have an absolute burner like uh, Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, you need a player that will run a 4-2, like uh, the man who is – and I'm a bit biased, but, dude, I think Dante Jackson is the defensive rookie of the year, man. He is so tremendous. The way he plays, he's fast to the ball. Uh, He's already had as many interceptions this year as he had had his entire college career at LSU, man. I'm telling you, the man is the truth. That is our Marshawn Lattimore. I'm loving him, man. He doesn't play like he's five foot ten. You're right. He is not someone that David Gettleman would have drafted. But um, thank God, man, because he is incredible. Yeah, comes down with another interception today. Made some big tackles, too. And, Huge. And I, I think we got to also probably mention that his play has benefited and this defense's play has benefited and even James Bradbury's play has benefited from the addition of Eric Reed. Eric Reed's been out there. He's really just added a lot to this defense. Has he been a guy that single-handedly has changed the defense? No. I don't think we should go that far and compliment it. But when he got injured today, you know we were worried. And we were worried about how serious this was. But he has been playing hard. And I think that that uh, gives a credibility to that secondary that then lends for these younger players to go and uh, just play without with the fear of just, you know, if they make a bad play, it's a game-ending thing. Yeah, and also a lot of it depends on the pass rush. And ours has been very hit or miss, um, I feel, in the first quarter which this is a different subject, but, I mean, when your pass rush is finding the quarterback. We were all over him, dude. We were all over him in the first half. Uh, I believe Mario Addison had three sacks on the day. I want to say that puts him up to, I believe, 8.5 now uh, sacks on the season. Uh, He leads our team in sacks, and 
Yeah, I mean, uh, but when they get home and you put that pressure, man, Dante Jackson fits on those situations because he's so instinctive. He can jump the route. He can run step for step uh, right with the fastest receiver on their football team. And we have not had that for a very long time. And, and you're right, though. If you know this about Eric, they put him in that single high safety position way back there, and they just dare you to throw down his way, man. That's another guy who had an interception today. That tandem is a very nice duo for us right now. Uh, my, uh, Mario Addison, three sacks on the day, three quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss, and one forced fumble. So he had a heck of a game. And I also think that we should mention that Julius Peppers had three batted passes yeah. in this game that was that were just as important and many times. All right, we're going to keep pounding with your calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, what's up, C3? Man, again, this is your boy, Nova Black, again. I just watched that game against Nova Black, what's up? Last week, we smashed on the number one defense, huh? This mm-hmm. week, yeah, we smashed on a super bad, supposed to be scoring offense. Everybody said, Shoot out, shoot out, shoot out. The defense shut everybody mouth. They turned Fitz Magic to Fitz Tragic. How about Dante Jackson? <laughs> you know how about our guys getting through it on offense, putting up them points? I see when they take their foot off the gas a little bit, you know, and then, you know, it, it seems like, well, the coaches take the foot off the gas and the players are like, let's keep going. So uh, look what we got here. All righty. Uh, yeah, smash number one defense, smash the tough offense. Everybody showed up. Curtis Sammy showed up big time. They see why that boy been a runner in, in college. Yeah, boy. And as a matter of fact, he was projected to be a low number one round draft pick, but we got him on the steal in the second round. Y'all forgot about that. Yeah. Anyway, once he overcome the health issues, I, I knew he was going to come out, but I hope he can stay healthy. Anyway, we had a good, good game. We came out with the win. I think we six and two now. I'm saying look forward to keep the choo choo train rolling next day against Pittsburgh. Everybody keep pounding. I think oh, that dude a, is awesome. Yeah, what a fantastic <laughs> like that call that was. I mean, he just really called the game from top to bottom. Except for there's one thing the callers have not zoned in, in and I think this is exciting, Cody. That the okay. fact that that this has gone overlooked to this point. And that is Christian McCaffrey has what yeah. he has done in this for this offense has been tremendous. Is Christian McCaffrey? He has. Um, hold on, if I can get this dang video to play. Here we go. Christian McCaffrey on the day had uh, 17 attempts for 79 yards rushing, two touchdowns, and then you can also get him involved in the receiving game. McCaffrey had six receptions for 78 yards. He had a 32-yard play. He had a th- he had a 32-yard catch and a 32-yard run as well, or 35-yard run. I'm going to put this video up, hopefully, one more time, see if we can get it going. But, man, what a difference maker he has been for this offense. Yeah, and, you know, I feel as though we're almost – we expect that kind of performance from him. So we don't, you know, we, we, uh, it's almost an afterthought. Oh yeah. Christian McCaffrey also balled out 
again today. Uh, yeah, and listen, whenever we motion him around, just look for whatever he does on the offense. Whenever they move Christian around, the defense always responds. You know, one of the things that we said earlier was misdirection is one of the things that we've been using a lot of. And we have so many different pieces that are able to do just that, getting the defense to think one way and we go a different way. And really, it doesn't matter if you're in man coverage or if you're a 3-4 team. or it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's hard to stop that because you just don't know what, what, to, what to account for. And, yeah, McCaffrey as a passing threat, as a rushing threat, I mean, he lives up to that number eight pick in the draft status every single Sunday. What he has become as an NFL football player this year is really what everybody who expected the most out of him expected. I got to say this, apologies to Christian McCaffrey for myself for saying that I would take Leonard Fournette over him. Heads up, head to head right now, I cannot, right now there's no argument that Christian McCaffrey is a more valuable player uh, than, than Leonard Fournette is, and a much more dynamic player. The guy really has just shown that he is a playmaker. I think he's had shown tremendous vision uh, in the running game. And like you said, there is it's hard to account for. What Christian McCaffrey does in confusing defenses and motioning and these kind of wrinkles that he adds to the whole subject, and then you add that in the addition that you have a quarterback who does that as well. As you know, Cam Newton, that's kind of the Cam Newton effect. That's what Cam Newton does, in, and he's been doing for eight years, is that versatility, that misdirection, the, the kind of it factor. I don't know how you quantify that on the, st- on the stat sheet, Cody. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much. And, you know, I, I forget who said it, but uh, I believe it was one of the members in our chat. Or, you know, it might have even been Joey that said, so many of our players are the same type of player. You know, when you have Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, they can all do very similar things. With Joey. Yeah, he said we had three Christian McCaffreys now with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. And we saw it today, did we not? Yeah, and listen, they're all that wide receiver running back hybrid, and we're able to use them effectively. And again, a lot of credit goes to North Turner because, you know, he has really changed up what he has done traditionally in the past if you look at his time in San Diego and Dallas and other places, I mean, he has accommodated his play style to the personnel that he has on the field. Maybe that is what he's been doing all his career, though. If you go back and look at it, it's just, and again, you get another unique set of people here. He was not shy about the challenge and the, of, of doing that and going into the season. And boy, has he answered the call. I told you guys for the last several weeks, Actually, for the last eight weeks, I told you this was coming, that we were going to be releasing these things as we went, as guys, some of it may be determined on health and preparation, but right now, I don't even know, imagine being a defense trying to prepare for what you saw in the first half, and then he could come out and call a more vanilla game, and you have no idea that that's coming next. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's like I said, it doesn't matter what kind of personnel you have on the field, what, you know, if you're in single high, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you have all these different weapons, and by the way, we're using them all now. 
So DJ Moore is having uh he's having you know more and more reps than he ever has. Curtis Samuel had two touchdowns. You always have to accommodate for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Greg Olson and Devin Funches. I mean, there's a lot to accommodate for. And, I mean, you know, it really does make me wonder, you know, do we have the potential to be the most dangerous offense in the NFL? Because even though we might not put up the gaudy numbers that Kansas might put up or the Saints or the Rams, dude, how did you defend us? I mean, really, I don't know how you defend. Well, I think in many ways it's probably the similar question that teams are asking um, when they play the Chiefs. And that is, yeah. how, how do you deal with the the athleticism that their weapons have? I mean, that's what it is, is a athleticism, is that our guys one-on-one in space are going to beat you every time. It's what Brandon Cooks does for the Rams. Yeah. It's what uh, Kareem Hunt and who's the other one? Um, Kareem, for, for, uh, and uh, Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Samuel Tyreek Hill. Yeah, those two guys do for this for the Chiefs, and it's really what Alvin Kamara does for the Saints. And we, it's it's nice to see this is that the Panthers are ahead of the curve on this maybe kind of um, movement in the NFL to this type of game, this type of offense that we're not trailing behind. That really. We are, we've got the pieces to, to, to be that type of offense. But, Cody, I'll tell you one thing. While the Rams offense has, look, Rams have got the best running back, one of the arguably the best running backs in the history of the NFL, if, you, if he can continue this, what he's done in Ty Gurley. But, uh, and I, I believe this, though, is that wouldn't you rather have for the Panthers to have the most dynamic offense in the last 10 games of the season rather than in the first eight? Oh, absolutely. That's when it matters, man. That November, December football, I mean, moving into the start of the new year, yeah, that's when you want your team firing on all cylinders. And one of the things that I said earlier, uh, you know, is that you don't know who a football team is to about that game six or seven mark of the season. Because you've seen teams that have been undefeated up until that point, and then they just kind of fall off a map. So, you know, I think that now you're seeing the Panthers playing their best football right now. That bodes in our favor because we're trending up at the right time, at the right season. Dare I say, this has the potential to be a Panthers team that can make a very deep, even Super Bowl run. Yeah, it's exciting in, in that if you saw the if you saw that first half, the way the defense was playing, and, and really I think that was the unsung, unsung story of the first half was the defense because we were so enamored by the Panthers' offense. Last point on this, I did have one more point, and that was, um, gosh, I can't even remember it now. It had to do with how dynamic this Panthers' offense could be is I, tr- I truly believe these are the best weapons we've had to this point ever. And if we can start cooking and get on rhythm, I don't think that we should, while we haven't been comparable to a Kansas City team yet, this week showed maybe we can be. Yeah, and you know, I'm a diehard MMA fan, you know, and there's a saying in the fight community that styles make fights. So, you know, you might uh, be an incredible wrestler, but, man, if someone has the jiu-jitsu that can just, you know, put you in a choke before you know it, then, you know, they're going to have the advantage. 
And th- th- it, in my opinion, it's true for the NFL also. While we might not have the sheer firepower that teams I've mentioned earlier does, you know, Atlanta, New Orleans, both in our division, uh, you know, uh, the, the Rams, the Chiefs, we have the type of offense that we're going to continue to attack, attack, attack in ways that you're not going to be able to defend. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's, you know, death by a thousand cuts because it's coming from every different direction. And I mean that literally. That's the truth is that when Funches and Olsen are side stories in this offense, when you can almost forget that McCaffrey has played to the level he has played. And here, Cody, I'm going to put up a clip of that, of that Cam Newton walking into the end zone there. And what we can see here is that if you look at that, uh, that play right there with Cam strolling in, and I'm having the most difficulty with all these clips today, I'm going to get it though. But, um, if you could see this, this is two weeks in a row that the Panthers have had where a te- where a defense in the end zone can, is so committed and so worried about the threat of a Christian McCaffrey and some of these other interior of just the team and the offense that you can forget that Cam Newton just does that at will. I yeah. think that's why Cam was show was showboating so much. Is like seriously, will you let us trick you that bad? Yeah, I mean, do you do you remember? And this is a legitimate question because I have a hard time even remembering uh, too many times that we were stopped at the goal line this season. Our, I mean, our, we have been t- atrocious in our red zone defense, but we have been. The best red zone offense that I can remember. Yeah, I feel having. like we're easily one of the best red zone offenses in the NFL just because we can attack you so many different ways. You know, Greg Olson and Devin Funches as the big body receivers, but also when you have these fast, shifty receivers that are able to make you miss out in space and you have the biggest red zone threat in the NFL and Cam Newton, again, it's like you're spreading your defense thinner than they're able to. Uh, all right, let's get back to the calls. I do want to bring this up is that we haven't even mentioned how awesome of a catch Greg Olson made. Uh, for oh, man. All right. Just <laughs> the awesome. number is 252-228-5098. We appreciate it. Everybody listen on Periscope, Facebook, and YouTube. We ask you to turn your phone to portrait mode, smash the thumbs up button, and share the show on social media. It helps grow Panther Nation. You're part of the fam. You're driving the question. You're, you're driving the calls. You're driving the show, and here we go. Yes, this is uh, Jeremiah from Swansboro. i got to say it was another great win. Our offense came out and was on fire today. Everything was going great. Uh, I just wish we could have kept it up in the third, but you know it is what it is. We came through in the fourth. Go Panthers. Keep pounding. And, Ron, please, please get better with this time management, baby. We, 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 we might have needed those timeouts. All right, yeah, keep going. Yeah, when you're when you're letting teams score touchdowns and mount a comeback, and you potentially could be in a game where you need to mount a last kind of offensive drive, whether to make it a two score game or to extend, you know, whatever you need to do to draw it out. Those timeouts, like we've said early in the show, have been, you know, we're a tremendous. They're an asset to have. I, I feel like yeah. this is at the end of the day is that you just want to have three timeouts and and the two-minute warning in every game. And that just has to um, exponentially 
help your odds for winning, whether you're ahead or behind. So continue to be those problematics. Now, Cody, I want to mention this is that he said that that offense comes out gangbusters. I don't know if I've ever seen a more powerful offensive attack than we saw in that first and second quarter for, from a Panthers team, period. Is this some of the Tampa Bay Bucks being bad on defense? Because I didn't even feel like it was just them being horrific on defense. I just thought it was us being exceptional on offense. Well, you know, in the second half, they didn't come out and hold us to uh, two, three and outs. So, you know, it does kind of lend me to believe that, yeah, maybe uh, it was just our offense. Man, we got rolling really early, and, uh, you know, we had the momentum, and then we just burned them. Um, and, and by the way, we have to mention another record broken. We have never scored that many points in the first half of a football game before. So, I mean, this is a, quite literally a record-breaking football team. Um, again, I mean, this is what I'll say. Um, even though their defense is bad, I'm not going to put it all on their defense because we did it to what the numbers said was the best defense in the NFL last Sunday. I mean, we just moved the ball pretty much whenever we wanted to, and they're loaded just about on every position on their defense, that Ravens defense. So, yeah, I don't think this was Tampa Bay being bad. I think this is a high-powered offense that's different than your normal offense, but it's still, like I said, man, death by a thousand cuts. Shout out to Jeff San on Facebook who says playing too conservative in the second half today won't get you far against teams like the Steelers and the remaining games. It could bite them in the ass later. One of the things that let's go and talk about how that thing, how things kind of screeched to a halt and bordered on disaster and calamity in that second half. Yeah. For me, I think a lot of people in the chat room and I'm sure eventually in the calls by Tuesday night, have gonna have started to direct some some of their angst at Eric Washington, the defensive game plan. For me, Cody, I don't think this comes down to coaching. I think this comes down to execution on both the defense and on the offense that slowed us down in that second half. What you saw is yeah. this: is that the offensive line was not surrendered zero pressure in the beginning of the game, and in that third quarter they started getting after Cam. So they sacking Cam pushing us back into some difficult positions. And then the Panthers just, you know, I I feel like sometimes the players on defense, while we're calling a conservative defense, also just have to make the plays. Wouldn't it be nice to get to – we weren't getting to Fitzgerald in that second half. He had a ton of time. And that, of course, is going to be problematic for a defense that is trying to not give up the big play. But we allowed them to convert on third down – several times and we failed to execute ourselves on on a couple of third downs three and outs in that third quarter as well as a failed fourth and one fourth and one attempt all of these penalties were coming out in the second half it was a it was a a calamity of errors that accumulated into those guys really coming back yeah you know at, at this point and i've i've said this uh over the course of the season to you and Joey and Mel that, you know, I feel that this defense hasn't shown its true potential, that there's still something that's kind of waiting to click. And while that may be true, I do think I'm at the point of saying that this defense, it it just isn't minus the additions in the backfield. 
uh, this defense just isn't as good as it has been in previous years. And while you obviously don't want to hear that, you know, you think about the Patriots and how many years have they been to the Super Bowl? Uh, and their philosophy basically is a bend, don't break. And even though teams put up some points on us and, you know, they'll hurt us running the football and throwing the football, it seems that our defense seems to just do enough right when it matters the most. I mean, even in our two losses, we were in both of those, you know, uh, held them, uh, the Falcons and the Redskins to relatively no points in the second half of the football game. So, I'm not down on him. You know, I'm not uh, an Eric Washington needs to be fired type of person. Um, I do agree with you. I think there were, there was a lot of tackles in open field that were just just missed, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just flat out missed. And that's on the players. Eric Washington uh, can't make the tackle for you, you know? So, yeah, I do think a lot of that was on our players, and they just didn't execute Think about that one that one touchdown to Humphrey that resulted from Dante Jackson getting rub, like kind of a rub pick from yeah. Mike Evans. And Dante Jackson gets just knocked off kilter, spun around. So, you know, those are things that in many ways you were there to, to potentially make the stop. You just couldn't execute it. I think this, too, third down efficiency. They were 5 for 12 on third down with 42% conversion. We were 4 for 10. Not bad. They converted two fourth downs. Met one, one fourth down. I guess the fake punt would be their other one, which was the bizarrest thing ever. But go Yeah, on. was that not the dumbest thing you've ever seen? I felt like at that point when they did that, Cody, I tweeted this out, is that the Bucks are packing up. I might be surprised if they come out at halftime. Like it was on their twenty they were doing it. It was terrible. Yeah. Now for me though, is that this is Ron Rivera always says this. The game comes down to a couple of plays, uh, a couple of missed opportunities is his favorite term. I think we got screwed, though, in a very important moment of this game with the false start call on the fourth and one where we try to hurry up to the line a little bit and QB sneak it. I thought those guys on the right side were down and set. It might not have been long, but I didn't think they were moving. And they, I think that was an example of referees calling, much like in baseball sometimes, calling what they think is going to happen rather than what they see. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say this. The officiating wasn't terrible for the most part today. Um, I think that was theirs. And, you know, I think you can make a real argument that Christian McCaffrey uh, in that one play that he rushed into the end zone, that his knee might have been down before I agree. the football. I don't think he was in. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that he was in either. In fact, I was expecting it to be overturned. But, hey, man, they gave it to us, and they're never going to argue with the touchdown, you know. So, I mean, they had theirs. Uh, listen, I think the sign of a, of a good defense is a defense that can overcome things like what happened today. You had uh, uh, Humphreys, uh, and, man, he was just – he was the best receiver – on the field today for them. I mean, he had two touchdowns. Is that his name? Who? And me being a Clemson fan, I feel so stupid because he went to Clemson. Who's that? Uh, the the receiver for Tampa Bay. Humphrey. Humphreys? Yeah. Yeah, Ad, yeah, Adam Humphrey. Humphreys, one of the two. Yeah, and he was just, man, he was their best receiver today. And, you know, when they were able to respond to plays like that, and at the end of the game, 
put pressure on Fitzpatrick. Yeah, man, I think it was just uh, our defense did enough, and I still do think that they are a little bit better uh, than than we than they've played in the second half. I'm hoping for a more consistent defense that does what they did in the first and the second quarter, and I think it's possible. If that defense comes out, it comes to life that we saw in the first and second quarter, I put my money on the Panthers to win the Super Bowl because we've yeah. seen the offense do it. We, what we haven't just seen is it just be complete dominance, but that first half was complete dominance, and I think there's something to be excited about that few people want to say anything about. And unfortunately, he always finds himself getting a penalty, and that's Vernon Butler is still receiving a lot of playing time. And I know that people have ready, have been ready to turn the page and give up on Butler, but I'm excited to see that he is still carving out a role on this defense. <clears throat> and that tells us something that's happening that the coaches see. And I feel like the defensive tackle play today was noticeably better. Someone in the chat room earlier said something about Poe having a good game. I thought yeah. KK Short was all over the field. And I couldn't tell if it was Vernon Butler or Kyle or Kyle Love half the time, but those guys were getting a lot of push. So if that defensive line can coalesce around those defensive tackles, watch out because the linebackers and Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis have been playing really tough. Dante Jackson, this defense hasn't played to its potential just yet, I don't think. And that it might be good news. Interesting note, Cody, zero field goals in this game. Oh, that is an interesting note. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will uh, – yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of echo uh, kind of what you're saying. Uh, it, it does seem that we feel that they're trending in the right direction right now. And another thing that needs to be said is that they have one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. And in order to be able to throw the ball down the field like they have been doing – you need an offensive line that uh, that can do that, you know? So, uh, I mean, how many sacks did we have on the day? I mean, even though it didn't seem like it, what, we had about five or six, didn't, didn't I think we? it was only – I think we only got credited for three. I think we had three. Wow, really? I could have swore there was more than that in the second half. Uh, final individual stati- – here we go. Third down says uh, – where are sacks at in this list right here? Keep talking and I'll find it. Yeah, I mean, the, the the point being is that they have an underrated offensive line. And the fact that we were able to do what we did, you know, even though we might not have had the most consistent pressure, the fact that we were able to get it in moments that mattered later on in the football game, I mean, that's a big thing, man. They call that situational football. I mean, you have to win in moments like that. And I think that, you know, we have the personnel to go a long way. But uh, you also mentioned, Tony, uh, you know, if our defense plays as it did in that first half, we're a Super Bowl team. Well, I feel we have to play that type of defense, man. I mean, we've already mentioned the type of offenses in the NFL right now. I mean, it's put up or shut up football. You have to have a smash mouth defense to be able to run up against these teams that are putting 37 to 40 points on the board every Sunday. Oh, it was it was three sacks for twenty four yards lost uh, today, and the reason it felt like more Cody is because every sack that Mario Addison got was really created by somebody else. So if you think about Eric Reed gets after Ryan Fitzpatrick one time, and then Mario yeah. Addison cleans it up. Dante Jackson gets after Reed one time uh, after Fitzpatrick, and Mario Addison cleans it up. 
So the pressure was there. And I think there were a couple of plays, too, where Fitzpatrick threw it up or made some. I think some of the reasons it also feels like it was more sacks is because there were some plays that may not be credited as sacks, but truly were. Think about the time he was wrapped up and he flips it to the the running back and it was still a tackle from the loss. There was another one in the very first quarter uh, where he was smashed, I think, by Luke Keekley or somebody like this. And he actually threw the ball forward, and we were wondering, like, was that a throw? Was it a fumble? All of these different yeah. things. So the defense, but what they did is they did not have a relentless pass rush in the second half. And we could see that that was problematic. Maybe this is coming back to what we're concerned is at this, for so far this season is much like it was last year defensively, is that while our defense gets after you, it seems like we have to manufacture pressure by bringing Reed, by bringing Dante Jackson. What we want to see is a more natural pass rush come. We saw that in the first half. We didn't see it in the second half. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely lack that um, stalwart, just badass pass rusher that's, you know, making life hell on, on the opposing quarterback. Uh, we don't have that player, man, and that's unfortunate because it feels uh, like that's the only real piece that's missing on this defense right now uh i think you know we've seen the best of julius peppers you know but i mean he's still playing well as you mentioned all the bad balls and you know that that is a, a big deal in the long run but overall there isn't a, a dominant edge rusher or you know even k1 short hasn't really uh played to the level that we're used to seeing him they haven't gotten but, home enough Right, but one of the reasons why I am still hopeful is, man, we're making turnovers, man, between Dante Jackson and Eric Reed and Mike Adams. Even Munderland's been in on the action. We're turning the football over higher than I feel we have in the past three or four years. Still think Munderland should have been given an interception for and an assist from the field goal post. That's just me. The, the number's 252-228-5098. We're going to keep pounding with these calls. Hey guys, it's Josh from Massachusetts again. What a game today. Put up 42 points. Would have, could have easily put up 50. Um, man, we just, oh, the only takeaway is we we cannot let teams get back in like that again. I know, you know, it might have seemed in hand, but we just can't do that, especially, you know, this coming Thursday night, man. We got Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, and boy, I, I, I'd love nothing more than to see us walk in there and walk back out with a W because I, I think that really sets the tone for the season from here on out. Um, yeah, no, great, great team win today. I think the defense looked really good at times, and then there were times where they looked soft, and I think that was probably some of the old the old Ron Rivera getting a little cushy conservative with uh, game plan, but don't matter at this point. Win's a win. Cheers to that. Keep pounding, boys. Yes, thanks for the call. There is the win is a win. No one's going to remember if if it was close or not in the end. But boy, it does. It would be nice to have just one dominant performance. I think there there could be a little silver lining in this, Cody. You let a team come back like this, maybe it sobers you a little bit. You walk out of that game and you you beat them like Alabama beat LSU last night or something, and you go to Pittsburgh thinking you're invincible, 
Maybe yeah. this is enough for us to realize that, hey, you cannot, every play matters even when you're up by 35. And then look at who we're playing, a team that traditionally spanks us uh, in the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, during the regular season. They have incredible personnel. I mean, they have a really good offensive line. James Conner picked up right where Le'Veon Bell left off. And, of course, you have what many people believe is the best receiver in football and Antonio Brown. They added Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, they, that's another team that they can burn you in a lot of different areas, and you know they want to do a little bit of everything. They want to run the football. They want to throw the football on you. And yeah, I do agree with you. If we had a dominant performance, uh, you know, like a like a Clemson did or like an Alabama did, you know, we might be kind of uh, high apple pie in the sky, you know. But one of the things that I am upset about though is you know this is going to be a short turnaround. I mean, we have to play Thursday. Now it looks like Eric Reed is a little bit banged up. Um, I saw this as an opportunity for us to put the put the stake in their hearts early on so that way we could start to rest the guys a little bit later in the football game. Um, we pretty much had to play the, the whole thing going full throttle, and I think that that, maybe, uh, that might have hindered us, or it might hinder us this Thursday. I'm hoping it won't. Daniel Duncan describes it perfectly in the YouTube chat. They just stopped playing defense, and the offense was like, oh, well, we're up by a lot, and started backing off. You got to keep your foot on the pedal and don't let up. Yeah, man. Jason Sand on Facebook wants to know, have the Panthers ever scored over 50 in, in an off, in, in a game? And what is the biggest offense of you know, production, biggest game that we've had offensively? And, you know, and you're starting to wonder when you hear, like, hey, the Panthers haven't come back from more than 10 down in the fourth quarter, 17 down overall historically. We did break those records. You got to wonder. I'm going to say this. You want to know the answer to that question and most points put up, probably go back to 2015 and, and see, and I'll look it up, is what we did that year in – for offensively because I can't remember an offense that got home more than that season when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you go back to the 2003 offense is that it didn't start clicking toward the end of that season. That was a defensive team from the beginning, the heart and soul of that. So I, I'm glad. I hope this was a sobering moment for the Panthers. I think one thing you want is to be reminded that no matter how well you're doing and how excited you get, You've got to remember that those games, those wins don't matter anymore. On Thursday, we're just playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're 0-0, zero and, zero and they're 0-0 zero and zero against each other this season, and we've really got to put it together. The Panthers, though, you go and you have this win offensively. You had the most complete win last week. You go in and win on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night in their house, bro. That's a statement to the NFL. You've got to consider us with the Saints, and with the Rams. And is there an update on what that game right now? Who yes. uh, the, the Saints are up 21-14, I believe. Yeah, they just scored the touchdown uh, 21-14. There's about seven minutes and 30 seconds left in the second quarter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of teams. That, I mean, that's listen, let's just be real. That's the way the NFL is trending. Everyone's trying to put up a ton of points. I mean, Atlanta's still doing it. Just about everyone, every team in our division is putting up a ton of points right now. So 
Yeah, I mean, uh, our our defense is the most important thing going forward. I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not trying to sound pompous here, but I kind of expected our offense to do this today. I wasn't expecting our defense just to dominate in that first, you know, in the first and second quarter. And then, man, that performance in the in the second half, it's unexpected in a nicer way than unexpected in a bad way. We have to play more consistent defense, and um, I'm just worried about that short turnaround. One of the things I will say, though, you know our owner, David Tepper, who used to be a minority owner of the Steelers, you know that man wants a W bad. Yeah, it's kind of a, you know, you could spend hours talking about this. You'd love to get an old coach in the room and ask them is how hard is it actually to play uh, ahead that much without just saying that all we're going to do is try to score 70. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, But I think that the Panthers did show that, that that was not what they were trying to do in this game was to come out in the second half. I think it was trying to, hey, it's time to start managing the clock. So. The problem is this, is that all is cool except for we're terrible at managing the clock. Bad like, we don't man. need to get into that kind of game if we can't win it. What up, yeah. Tony? What up, Cody? What up, C3? J-Dub. J-Dub? I didn't really get to watch the whole game. Just got to kind of watch it on that Red Zone preview today. But uh liked what I saw on the first half. Second half, I didn't, I couldn't really tell exactly how it went for us. Exactly, here we let off the gas a little bit, or maybe made some mistakes. I don't know. Maybe you guys can tell me, but uh, I think it's more mistakes. Kyle Love coming through, huh? D. Jacks coming through. Eric Reed coming through. Uh, Alex Arma, boy. (laughs) That's another name we didn't mention. Another touchdown for him. Uh, CJ Anderson. One little negative I want to point out. Hey, Washington, can we figure out something with the tight end coming across the formation? Because those two touchdowns were a little easy. (laughs) But uh, overall, good win. Can't wait for Thursday night. So hyped for Thursday night. Hope y'all are too. I'm sure you are. Keep pounding, brothers. All right. Thanks, J-Dub. Good win. Let's keep it going. That's J-Dub. You can find him in the YouTube chat room, also repping us uh, in the TTC. J-Dub, I think this goes down to more of us making mistakes in the second half than it was letting the foot off the gas. I think we were – look, I mean, Ron Rivera's going for it on fourth down instead of kicking it. Yeah. I mean, I thought that that was like – I mean, I think he did the right thing. I think that, you know, but I think that uh, traditionally Ron Rivera kicks a field goal there. Yeah, I think normally he does. I'm surprised he didn't punt the football on that play where he got um, backed up after the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we ended up getting backed up. It ended up being fourth and six. Yeah, I was surprised that Ron went for it. I thought for sure he was going to punt since he wouldn't be able to just, you know, do a QB sneak with Cam Newton up the middle. But um, to his credit, he did. Um, and, you know, one of the things I'll say is I believe there's enough blame to go around. I think that the players didn't make some plays that needed to be made. And I do think that there is a little bit of a coaching element to this in our philosophy of what we do when we have a substantial lead on a football team. And, I mean, that's why we've seen it so many times before that – 
uh, when the Panthers are up in a big way like that, you know, how many of us fans roll our eyes and go, cardiac cats, man, this game isn't over. They're going to come right back. And they end up doing it, and it's so annoying because we know that we have better talent than that, and there is a, a coaching element to that. So, I also yeah, don't I think, think we got the breaks. You know, last week all we talked about was how fortune smiled on us and we caught all the breaks. This yeah. week we didn't catch any breaks. You know, I think that we got screwed on that false start. But even if you go back to where Cam slides, Cam goes down a hair early and could have had that first down. I'm okay with him saving his body there, but I think that they should have been throwing a flag for them hitting Cam uh, if when as he was in his slide, clearly in the slide there. So we didn't get a lot of those breaks when it came to... The penalties seemed to hurt us. We didn't have a ton of penalties, but they were timely and they, they, were, they were hard on us. And, and it's kind of hard to just say how a game goes when it comes down where one play all of a sudden could have made this a three-score game. You know, all these different things. But look, we come out with the wind. We're going to keep pounding with your calls. The number's 252-228-5098. Here we go. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. It's your boy, Little North, again. Listen, my offense is clicking. Ronnie Ron told me to make it interesting in the second half. Are we to put up a 70-burger? <laughs> All right, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Fellas, fellas, how about them Panthers? That's right. So I'm tired of hearing you boys bash on James Bradbury. The proof is in the pudding. Keep out. Right. He's calling out Black Cat with Brother Herbert there. All right, last call so far that we've got right now. Last chance to get in the show. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Here we go. What's happening, everybody? This is G Kabasi. Yeah, my dude. Right? I know y'all saw that What's game, boy. That was a cardiac cat game because I really thought that the Buccaneers were going to come back and we were going to have to win by damn another damn eighty-yard field goal. But <laughs> you know the Panthers came through, and uh, I'm gonna give my little player game ball to Julius Peppers. Man, he should be starting for the United States volleyball team. Yeah, he's <laughs> <In the> Olympics, <laughs> That dude was swatting damn balls left and damn right. Spike and before I go, if you guys get a chance to look at the highlights or whatever, that dude OJ Howard is pretty good. But notice that he yeah. was offensive pass interference like hell, like majority of the damn game. I've seen him like push Mike Adams so many dang on times that they didn't call anything. So just keep an eye on that and much praise to Action Jackson. And Eric Reed, even though I thought Eric Reed was out, you know, but, you know, I read on Twitter that, you know, he put his helmet back on. He got back in the game. But, you know, I believe he got, like, two sacks from Super Mario. So, hey, keep pounding. We're 6-2. And, and now we got to play them damn still. It's Thursday night. Six keep pounding, y'all. 6-2 and two and just a few plays away from 8-0, and oh, to be honest. Had a chance yeah. to beat Atlanta. Uh, the C.J. The Anderson, uh, you know, interception really set us back in that game. And you think about D.J. Moore fumble problems and or, or struggles against Washington, you're right down there at the end. You know, I mean, each of those games are, are winnable games. They were not, you know, so we're right there with these types of teams that, that are leading the league, that are playing each other right now in New Orleans. And with Kansas City, I think we are comparable in quality. 
I, I want to go back to the O.J. Howard thing. O.J. Howard has been a, is an amazing player. I picked him up in fantasy football. He was like, I got him for nothing as a tight end. And everybody said that all the fantasy football gurus were like just saying that he wasn't going to do anything. He has destroyed it. He had two touchdowns today. Cody, one of the things that sticks out to me, though, is I was hoping to get a little Shaq Thompson on O.J. Howard. And you saw him going up against Mike Adams. I didn't see a tremendous amount of Shaq Thompson in defense. He made a good special play, a special teams play today. Shaq Thompson, though, is are we going right now back to the more traditional nickel with captain five cornerbacks? I feel like Captain Munderland was in there a lot, or is this just because we were ahead so much and we knew they were going to be passing? Uh, I, I think it is a little bit of that. Um, you know, as far as personnel is concerned. I don't know if uh, Shaq Thompson would have been a better matchup. Uh, it it might have helped out a little bit, but really, it, it's not even that Adams did a bad job when he was lined up across from O.J. Howard. I mean, the coverage was pretty solid for the most part, but O.J. Howard is just a monster, man. I wouldn't have been upset if we had drafted him yeah. Uh, uh, at, during that year. O.J. Howard is a legitimate tight end. Uh, and and he's just really good. And I mean, that, those two touchdowns that got in the first half, I mean, it was the same exact play uh, both times, man. Just OJ Howard out to the right, and uh, and he did his thing. Um, so I don't know, man. Uh, you know, one of the things that tight ends are very important because if you have a good one, you don't know what he's doing. I mean, and in some of the plays that Greg Olson made today. He kind of dipped out right in the middle of the play when he was in there blocking. Um, it's another way to kind of keep the defense on their toes. Um, and Pittsburgh has some good ones, man. Jesse James is a good one. Uh, but, yeah, our defense definitely needs to start being worried about these uh, sideline-to-sideline plays on the red zone because teams are going to hurt us that way. In upsetting news, the Los Angeles Rams just missed a field goal. 51 yards, no good, wide right. We could use you guys. Look, this is the one time this year I'm cheering for you. You got to beat those Aints for us. All right, we got one more call that just came in. Cody, we're going to go with it. All right. What well, up, y'all, boys, man? It's your man, Mr. T-Money 1993, a.k.a. Straight Fat. I just want to man, these Bucks fans are still delusional. I just had a Bucks fan try to tell me they only won because we ran misdirection stuff. Uh, it's just crazy, man, how we still dominating teams and people still don't believe in us, man. But I just want to tell y'all guys, good show, man. Y'all know I always rep C3 all day, every day. Enjoy the win, guys. That's my dude right there, T-Money. We already got you back on the show on Tuesday night. T-Money's right, though. is like, hey, look, is that you cannot say misdirection is a bad thing. You only beat us because of misdirection. You know what that means? Is you only beat us because you scored more points than us. That's what that means. Yeah. You only beat us because we were a better team. Yeah. All right. Uh, Cody, any last points that you want to go over when it comes to this game and uh, what we got to look for on Thursday? Uh, yeah, man. Everybody, I don't, I don't know if you're all praying people or if you pray to the universe or whatever, man. Thursday nights are bad for injuries. Everybody direct their thoughts towards our players, that everyone makes it out healthy, uh, that everybody is able to come through this, uh, you know, ready to go, ready to move. Um, and, yeah, th- this – I mean, in my opinion, this is our statement coming up. 
Pittsburgh, uh, they started slow, but they're firing on all yes, cylinders now. They're putting up a lot of points. They look like the the Pittsburgh Steelers that you might know and fear. So it's time for us to play our best football. Uh, it's the time of season where a lot, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC, and if you drop even one or two, that might be the difference between not making the playoffs or not having a home field advantage or not even having a home playoff game at all. So, yeah, man, it's time to it's time to support our boys and let's do it. We've got to get after these Saints. Alvin Kamara's running all over these Rams already. We got to catch up with these Saints, and it starts on Thursday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to be here on Tuesday night live, 9 p.m. on the C3 Panthers podcast, the number one Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast. And if you don't believe it, check after two hours of us doing the show, and you'll be like, damn, this thing is still running. We appreciate it, <laughs> and it's only because you guys keep calling. You're supporting us. The cat calls line for Tuesday night show is 252-228-5098. My name is Tony Dunn. You can follow me at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, how can they follow you on Twitter? At Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Hit me up. I love to talk about everything Panthers, Clemson football, whatever you want to talk about, man. I'm, I'm down to chill, whatever. You guys got to continue to support the show. Look at me. I'm wearing my I Stand With Cam t-shirt. You can find those on carolinacatchronicles.com. The link to purchase that is in the show notes. You can also donate on Patreon or PayPal to continue to fund this fan endeavor. What we see this is, is when you think about the C3 podcast, I want you to think about this, is that all of us riding together in the car to the game, having fun, chopping it up, and talking junk about the other team. We're going to check you out on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. See you then. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, baby. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.